Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, good morning, New Jersey. It is Thursday, November the 5th, 2020. So much to talk about today. I'm Bob Williams. It's the Jim Gerhardt Podcast, and here he is. Grand entrance, Jim Gerhardt. Can I take the mask off? We got a new rule kicking in in New Jersey today. The question is, did you take your temperature, though? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, Uh, and you're you're not being compliant. I'm not dropping my pants for anybody this morning. (laughs) I tell you, no. I, let, let me let me get into my uh, my motley of, of office here. Uh, I, w- I was out in the uh, parking lot. Th- this is really strange. I was going about my normal business, which is sort of you know doing judgment and justice and contemplating the lives of the saints, you know this sort of stuff. And a, f- a flying saucer landed in my driveway. Uh-huh. So I went out, and well, what's this? So here comes the spaceman coming down the ramp. And he looks at me and he says, take me to your leader. And I, I don't know who my leader is. I know. Uh, and we may not know. We may not know who our leader is until what? Sometime next week or and even then I, we may I, not know. I don't know. I, I told him to come back in a week. <laughs> put, a mask, put, put a mask on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a, what a mess. This is, this is really, though, though it's a... A uh, period of uh, considerable anxiety, as we're all feeling, over the uh, the the election. Of course, it's it's kind of uh, make an analogy uh, from sports. I don't play golf, but I've seen this. You know, somebody makes a nice long putt, and the tournament hinges on this, and he's already you know he's ready to get his green coat, you know, jacket when he wins. But the ball's rolling round and round in the cup, and he said, "Go go down, go get in there, just stop." Or, or, you know, shoot the basketball and it runs around the rim. Or the pool shot, you know, when the ball's just trickling along there. You're driving, yeah. you body English, you know, to get the ball in. But this is where we are. Uh, yeah. Don't and, know. Uh, and most Americans are not used to waiting. They need instant gratification. They want to know now. And well, sure. we're all going to have to just sit on this for a little while and just let this play out, right? Well, certainly. I mean, we, there's not much else we can do. There is um, uh, an upside of this, if there is such a thing that I, that I found co- very encouraging. You could say, uh, you know, funny thing happened to the Democrats on the way to domination. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they thought this is the elite. I don't think they thought in a million years that this election would be that close because all the media, 93% of the media, of course, is, is, is uh, what in their service, the, the left, the Democrats. And so this idea of the blue wave, you know, the people were getting from media. In a sense, there's no point in voting is going to be a, a Biden landslide and uh, a steamroller. Didn't happen. Right. And what happens now if... Uh, 
the Democrats or Biden does come out of this winning the election. This is not a mandate from the people because half the people, obviously, or possibly more, oppose this. So he's got a millstone around his his neck right off the bat. Uh, And will the uh, will the other party, say the conservatives, I guess if you want to lump everybody into into a mass here, uh, dog his heels for four years like the Democrats have done. Yeah. Uh, Trump and come up with you know all all of these uh, you see it's very hard to say all of these cases of fraud all of these accusations of fraud these all have to be examined recounts are very common it's not unusual in any close election so there's going to be a lot of time out for recounts uh, and but some very strange things have happened obviously as just take one for example. Here you're sitting when the early results come in with very high numbers for Trump, for the Republicans, and all of a sudden that disappears because the states have decided, which is Democratic administrations, of course, they have decided to shut down broadcasting results so people will not know and get the notion (laughs) that their landslide has sort of backfired on them. You know, the, the tsunami is going out. Yeah, it just seems very strange that all of these urban centers in these Democratic-run states have stopped their counting of their voting, and this is where the delay is. It's like, why can't, you know, 40 of the 50 states get their stuff done on time? Why is it it an issue in in some of these suspect areas? Well, there is is an amazing thing here, if you just look at this. Here we have the Democratic Party or whatever you want to call it, the the elite, uh, the Democrat oligarchy, they have the total support of the political apparatus, theirs, which stretches obviously from governors to Speaker of the House down to the local poultry inspector, Democrats by and large in offices. They have the weight of all that behind them. They have 93% of the media constantly withholding good information and trumpeting bad information about this administration. You have the technical industry, who of course is censoring out any, our our most pro-Republican postings that come up. And you get the, the, uh, what the the economic, the the super rich, the bankers, the Wall Street, the, the big money people, all of the powers in our American society are in there doubling down on the Democrats. And yet they can't come up with a majority when it gets right down to an election. Right. That to me is amazing. Now, as opposed to all this entire power structure, the other side, the only thing they had going for them was us, people. Right. Amazing thing. Amazing that this election would even be this close when you consider the odds and the power that was on, on uh, each, each side of them. Yeah. So it seems to me that maybe even if the uh, Democrats end up winning this, uh, which is quite possible, and we were told that the Senate may well stay Republican, but that's still iffy right now, and uh, the presidency, of course. But is it possible now that people of, of conservative and traditional you know, views yeah. and attitudes they apparently have come out of the closet in great droves by the millions where they maybe have been sitting there cowering 
for fear of this left liberal intimidation that's been going on. I mean, certainly the political correctness on steroids is what's happening to us. So it's possible that this is a sign very unexpected to everybody that the sheep are starting to bare their teeth and snarl back at the wolves. Right. Because, Jim, to, to your point. That is a very promising thing. Half the population suddenly aware that there's a wow, well, my God, there's, there's a lot of us out here. I didn't know that. You know, yeah. we're all in hiding. We're afraid to speak out, afraid we're going to get beaten up in the streets. And uh, so uh, there's power right now. On the other point, I, I think people are starting to speak up because this is the second election cycle that the, the, the polling, the pundits have got it completely wrong. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden was expected to win handily by 10 points across the board. Um, the polls, all of the pundits on television, the majority of them were predicting that just like they did back in 2016. This is two election cycles that we are just being shoveled and, and fed a bunch of nonsense and unsubstantiated, unfactual information just to, to just to uh, further a certain cause. And it's just well, so wrong. And I think people are finally just standing up for this. And it's a real issue, Jim. Uh, I mean, two two times in a row, you've, you know, fool you once, shame on you. Uh, shame on, on, on the person. And then fool me twice, shame on me. So, I mean, how much longer are we going to put up with this as a nation? No matter what your p opinion is, you're not being fed factual stuff. I don't, I don't know. I, I've tried to contemplate that. What happens now to this media if yeah. it turns out that this is a Republican win? Uh, this, the, the hysteria, and I, I don't know of any lesser word for this hysteria, anti-Trump, anti-American, right. spirit that's been going on, fostered, weaponized by the Democratic Party leadership. I don't know if they can stop it. Uh, and suddenly put their brakes on and say, oh, well, the people have spoke vox populi, vox dei, voice of the people is the voice of God, so we will go along. I don't think they can do that. In fact, I have read, I've seen, not seen it, of course, but I've read that the opposition has these thug groups already organized right. and ready to burst out and start, you know, the trouble in the streets again. But that's why all the cities are boarded up right now. If Trump does not concede, well, Trump cannot concede. How do you explain to 100 million people <laughs> that, okay, I'm going to wimp out right now and go away for four years? You can't do it because this would be betraying this 100 million or more people who voted for him. Right. So you've got a real problem going here. We have almost a 50-50 divide any way you go about this. Because whoever wins this, it's going to be by a very slim hair margin. And neither side, the losing side, is going to give up. Yeah. Uh, Jim, we have a couple so, of comments here on the uh, Facebook. Uh, Steve uh, is wondering, what you, what's your take? Do you think, um, who do you think is going to take Pennsylvania? That's just an open question. I have no idea. It, it depends on how active, right now, it depends on how successful the Philadelphia Democratic Party has been in mobilizing the votes because if he wins Pennsylvania, uh, whoever wins Pennsylvania, it's going to be uh, based largely on the vote in your cities. And yeah. if you look at the map, this is where it's happening everywhere. So this is sort of a natural part of demographics right now. So I have no idea. Uh, we, we don't know. Will we ever know? 
Because remember, in the primary in Pennsylvania, later they found out that there were 40,000 uncounted votes. Right. In the primary. Yeah, that's, yeah, so, that's. And that, that was no, back in the right. summer. Yeah. So who knows this time how, how they're going to maneuver it. You do, you, you have part of this, uh, what, I hate to use the word Democrat, because I used to vote for Democrats. Everything's I changed. To, I like Democrats. Back when we were, you know, associated with the political structure in the state, I always preferred the company of Democrats. I used to say, man, I used to fight to sit next to a Democrat at a dinner party. Don't ever vote for one, but you say, <laughs> if you want good company. <laughs> uh, but I hate to use that, but but anyway, this, this oligarchy cabal, uh, all these powers that I had mentioned, uh, they, they control the public sector by and large in, your, in almost every city in the country. I don't know of an exception. Perhaps there is one somewhere, major cities. So, uh, and that's a lot of votes. And this is what seems to be tipping the vote toward them. So I, don't, I have no idea. right? And, now. And, to, and to your point about... Um you know, maybe we're not, maybe that sheep mentality is going away and that people are just starting to wake up. You know, the big word the last six months has been woke with all the protests and all the stuff. I'm woke and I'm going to, you know, not going to take this anymore. I'm waking up. I, I, I disagree completely. And I really think that the real awakening has just taken place the other night with the votes. You can see where the, the voting of populations are, are shifting that their values and what's important to the, the voting public is changing and it's becoming more independent. And I think that that is where the real awakening is beginning to take place. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen here, whoever's going to win. I think this is a real turning point for a lot of uh, voters that they, you I know, think, that you're not alone and you're not going to be, you know, grouped by the color of your skin or the ethnicity of where you come from. We are united as Americans who believe in the same decent and uh, common things here in this country. Well, we are told, and, and this I think is very significant, that uh, Trump carried Florida right. by a very large margin, largely because uh, he got the Hispanic vote. Yes. I think that's very significant. This this this, this defies what has been the common wisdom that right. every African-American, Hispanic-American is, is going to vote for uh, whatever Democratic candidate there is. Right. And, you know, it doesn't take, uh, you know, some, you know a, a brain surgeon to realize, you know, if you're escaping communism and, and oppression in, in, in a foreign country uh, like Cuba, and you have to swim for safety to a new world or get in the bottom of a raft with no guarantees that you're going to make it. Are you going to vote for a, a party that wants to bring you back to what you left? Or are you going to be voting for hope and, you know, possibilities of uh, greatness to come? I would tend to think I wouldn't want to go back to where I came from. Well, Americans of Cuban uh, ancestry yes. still, a couple of generations later, have, have right. generally been conservative. Yes. In, in right there, in, Understood. Yeah. And that, of course, is you, you have explained the reasons for that. So, you know, I, I again, talking about the political labels that they have, we are use the word socialism as connected with the Democrats. I think Bernie Sanders started that, of course. I don't think that this socialism is the goal. 
Uh, I think socialism is sort of put out there as a smokescreen because there's sort of an egalitarianism going on here. Uh, or the uh, oligarchism, I should say, which is ruled by the elite. And these are all groups. I mentioned all of these groups, the political structure, the media, the uh, the, the polling, everybody's going along with this, the tech industry and all. Right. I think they're operating the way they are, not because ideological they're socialists or want to see socialism or interested in one whit in social justice. I can't imagine any of them have ever given any thought to that. But they want to be part of the elite. You know, when the role is called up yonder, <laughs> I'll be there. Right. The political version of that. Uh, when, this, when this model, which seems to be the Chinese Communist Party model, in which there is one party, and that one party controls everything. And this seemed to be the goal of the leadership. It's not the goal of the average person down the block who says, well, I've always been a Democrat. I'm going to hit that button. Uh, but this is this is what your party has morphed into, uh, this 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 particular mold. Right. Well, I'll tell you, and, I, and to your to your point, I really think that you know, the presidency is going to be what it is. But I think the biggest concern for this election cycle should be how the Senate is going to uh, you know end up. Uh, who's going to have the majority in the Senate? Because you know the, the Democrats have control of the lower house. Um, the uh, the Republicans have already lost one seat in the Senate, and there's, th I believe, three up for grabs right now. And I think that is going to be the real concern, because if that goes to uh, the one party, then there's your your system of checks and balances are really under attack in the legislative side of government. Well, it, uh, that's kind of a two edged thing in a way, because with this huge outpouring of the opposition, uh, which, which would be, quote, Republican. Trump, I did not think, is a Republican. Trump is a populist. No, no way. Uh, and Republican clothing. He happens to be running because that has the party has the structure to support a viable candidate. Other independents don't. He's basically a third-party candidate running as a Republican. Yes. You get the, these Democratic congressmen who have to stand for a midterm election. They are not going to assume anymore that this is a democratic juggernaut and they're a shoe in because look at the people who have, as we've said, sort of come out of the closet. These are people of the what conservative, if you want feelings, uh, traditional values. There's a lot of them out there and these people are going to have to get their votes too. So it's going to be a lot of reassessment of, of the constituencies of these people running for office. Right. There's a, there's a lot going on. There's no way to decipher it right now. What will happen? Uh, we know full well, I think we can assume anyway, well, say I can assume, that if it turns out that Biden wins this by a slim margin in the Electoral College or the popular vote, the Electoral College, of course, is what's important, the other side is not going to lie down. They're not going to beat their swords in the plowshares and, and this bit that you had mentioned, slink off with their tail between their legs right. and say, okay, this is the American tradition. They're not going to do what Richard Nixon did in 1960 when he lost the election to John Kennedy. But it turned out that he, he lost by some 200,000 fake <laughs> illegal votes in Chicago mm. because of the power of the, of the mob and the, and the party there. And so he said this would to protest that would be too distressing to the American people. American people are already distressed. <laughs> yeah, I think 
drop one more on them it, it is really not going to deter them, I think. Yeah. Uh, we had a comment from Karen Dooley, and this is what you and I were talking about before uh, we went on here. Karen says, everybody, sh no matter what happens with the re results, you got to be nice to your fellow human beings and move forward. Well, I'll tell you, Karen, I agree with you. As a Christian, that's uh, the way we're raised. Uh, we've got to be respectful to our fellow citizens and not hold any, you know, ill will. But I will tell you, it's very difficult for me to really accept that right now. I mean, I've been voting for well over 35 years. I haven't missed one election. And a couple of times, my candidate has not made it into office. But throughout time, throughout my time, I've always had respect for the presidency. Um, and right up through this recent presidency, and I've never said anything bad about who's been in office. But I will tell you, I'm very, very upset about the way this president, the current president, has been treated unfairly by the media, by the pundits, by his enemies. Um, very, very subjective and just just nasty, nasty um, subjective um, claims to the guy. Not even looking at what he's done. You can't even say anything decent about him. So I really do have a little bit of a problem right now. Am I going to go out and if, if, if President Trump is not reelected, am I going to go out and, you know, torch my neighborhood or something like that? No, I have I have respect for the presidency. I'm a citizen of the country and I will respect what's going on. But still, it's like, you know, you look at what's happened the last four years and you say to yourself, well, why do I have to be nice now? Everybody else was nasty to the guy that was yeah. in. How horrible. Yeah, somebody, whoever came up with that, and it's a beautiful idea, but it's pie in the sky. It's a dream. But whoever the nice person who kind enough to drop that thought on us, uh, this doesn't, this is not valid anymore because for the last four years, the, the opposing party has certainly trampled that notion into the ground. Right. You have, I didn't even throw into the mix. I was talking about all this power structure. The, the government itself, get down into the, the intelligence, the, the bureaucracy and everything, there was absolutely nothing in the power, the real power structure in this country, not a single soupçon right. of support from any of the real power. And they were all rabidly, vehemently, implacably against him and worked very hard at... at uh, at trying to disable anything this administration did. Yeah. And on the other side, there's nothing but 100 million people. I don't know what the exact vote count is, but I think we can assume that it's close to 100 million people now, equal to those who have voted for this madness to continue, who opposed it. Right. And came out and are against it. Now, I think the Democrats sit there with a dream that sometime in January or February, they're going to take guns away from people. you got to be kidding. <laughs> yeah. You, no possible way. And yeah. you've messed in your own nest by allowing lawlessness and encouraging lawlessness. So the average person sitting out there is looking and saying, well, look, the government is encouraging this. They're not going to save me when they come for me. Yeah. Like the couple in St. Louis. Who sides the government on? Yeah, that's the side of the attackers. And yeah. so what's your only recourse? Do something. You're going to defend yourself. Right. The government's not going to help you. And yeah. so they pretty much have shot that, that down. And I think a lot of their, uh, their plans, their agenda, 
yeah. are kind of just fall aside, or at least they will be uh, slowed down into <laughs> a to a snail's pace right. because Scott, of this opposition that has showed up. No matter who wins, right. and of course this is going to be this is going to be in court for a long time. Yeah, Democrats are going to be screaming and yelling. If it gets to the Supreme Court, Trump stacked the court. It's not fair. Uh, who who was it? Uh, Schumer. This uh, what horses patootie. The Senate. He said that the, they have to change the Supreme Court because it's, it's way out of kilter. Well, kilter, in kilter, means that they have a majority. But that's what God wants. Right. Oh, hey, Jim, Jim, if uh, if Joe Biden is elected, I'll bet you all of the arguments about doing away with the Electoral College is going to be, oh, it's the greatest thing now. We love it. It's, you know, thank God for the Electoral College. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, well, I got a comment. Yeah, I got a comment here. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a comment here from uh, Scott Meyer on the Facebook feed. Scott wants to know, and it's one of my favorite questions. Jim, do either of us think that there will be term limits for Congress? No. No, I, I would love to see that happen. And you know something? That's a dream. If if uh, if President Trump and somehow is reelected, I would love that to be his parting shot out the door over the next four years to put that in motion. Your political careerism is the ruling what notion or force. See, my idea, if you really want to do something, do away with Congress. Congress is not a millstone around the neck of the of the of the of the country, really. <laughs> What what are they what are they doing? And see, and this again is where careerism stepped in. The old original idea, the pure thinkers, the these innocent lambs who were the founding fathers, yeah. thought, okay, representative democracy is great. These people will choose some prominent member of their their community that everybody trusts. We'll send them there. They'll go down for a couple of years, do the people's business, keep in touch with us, do serve our interests. Then they'll come back, pick up the plow, or you know whatever their their job is. And uh, get behind the counter at the bank and go on and somebody else will do it. Well, no. Careerism slipped in. Yeah. Now, under that, under that thought, the will of the people is the important thing and the good of the people. Because the person making the law has to come back and be one of the people. <laughs> so right. he's making his own nest. This way, with political careerism, your number one priority is your own job. It is not the public good. It is not the good of anything other than yourself. because. This is your career, and you would fight as a politician. You'd fight for your career as you and I would for our careers, because this is this is how you feed your family, and so that becomes the number one item on the agenda. Then you find out that you can extend that by really getting your 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 hand in the trough, play your cards right, and build this into something. Nobody ever came out of the United States Senate poor. A lot of people went in, but nobody ever came out. Right. I just turned my head. I've just turned my head to see if uh, anything changed with the uh, with the tallies. Uh, still, uh, they haven't called any other states while we're on here. Um, let's move you better, on. You up your neck because you, uh, next week when we do this again, you're still going to be turning around yeah. to see what's going on. Uh, let's move on to Jersey before we have to wrap. Maria, <laughs> Maria says she's very uh, she's afraid that Governor Murphy is going to be reelected. Well, Maria, I think you have good cause to be fearful. Well, because, sure he is. Sure he is. Because uh, yeah. he's got quite the plurality and all of the uh, all of the uh, ballot issues passed, including legalized marijuana, made a big part of his base 
very happy about that, although they got it in through the back door without you know, the spine of the legislator doing it the way it should have been. But that got passed, and you know, he's got some sort of plurality I don't understand. And plus, Jim, we've talked about this, how weak and spineless the Republican Party has become here in New Jersey. I mean, who, you, you look, who is the lead Republican in this state? Who is the opposition party? Who's the guy you want to go to when you want to hear? There is nobody. And that's, well, why, and that's why the Democrats are knocking off each one of these congressional seats one by one. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think Mammoth stayed Republican this cycle, but that has always been a big target for the Democrats to turn to turn Mammoth County uh, Democratic. Well, that, that's Chris Smith's part of it. Right. Uh, the the only Republican in Congress. Yeah, the uh, you you run a rutabaga for governor. He's going to be a Democrat. If he's a Democrat, he's going to win. Uh, right now, there are exceptions because we once we had a Democratic governor, uh, Governor Corzine, who. Uh, was never the charismatic character that is required here. Here comes Chris Christie, who is the racket-busting U.S. attorney. And the Democratic support for Governor Corzine was very light, especially the union support just wasn't there. So you have an anomaly like this every now and again. And you may have another one. Who knows? Politics is very funny. This whole game could be changed by next week. We I don't just, know. Things, things that we don't think about. I'm just but a yes, He'll be reelected if he chooses to run. Yes, of course. Yeah. Just, just like uh, Spartacus. Right. You know, oh. our, our That's just uh, amazing. I mean, I'd love to hear from somebody from Newark who, you know, was there while he was the mayor. Did he do anything? Or are we hearing reports? Was he a good mayor? Was he just a, a nothing grandstander? I mean, I'd really love to know the real story. I don't. Of course not. Well, these, are, these, are, these are fascinating times. Yeah. The uh, there, there were books started coming out in the late 80s called The Death of Common Sense, and which is reason. And we are not a people whose behavior is based on reason anymore. It's more on uh, what fantasy, if you want, implanted. I run across something. Uh, there's a term post-truth. And it's generally often used as one word. I was not familiar with it, but the Oxford English Dictionary had picked that as their word of the year. I think it was in 2018. Post-truth is, now this is what's happening, relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. So what they're saying is facts schmacks, yeah. you know, as long as I get what I want. And, and it jibes with uh, Lyndon Johnson. I mentioned this before, so I'll bore you with it again, because I think it's significant. Lyndon Johnson, when he was president, had been called out by some associate for what was fibbing is what it amounted to, whether it's the Tonkin Gulf or, or what. But he said, no, did not tell, not tell the truth. Truth to a politician is different than proof to you, because the proof to you is objective, observable reality. The truth to a politician is whatever advances his agenda. Right. There's government. That's it. He said it. So, uh, again, uh, what's the old song? Which way you going, Billy? I have no idea which way we going, Billy. <laughs> well, I want to I want to uh, thank you here on Facebook Live for uh keeping me off the ledge yesterday. I called you. I'm like, 
Jim, I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm like, I don't know how to feel. Well, you, you know, your, your wisdom and your, um, you know, your knowledge and your experiences, you know, much, uh, very valuable to me. I greatly appreciate that. And I know everybody here watching and checking us out every, every week appreciates your, your sage wisdom, Mr. Gerhardt. Thank you. I've got a little thing on my, my desk that I look at every time I get really befuddled. And it's from a psalm. And a simple line that says, be still and know that I am God. And so I can sit there and, okay, I'll be still. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, boy, boy, do we need recognition of that right now. See where this is going. Yeah. Be nice. Be nice to think that it's in much better hands than ours. Yeah. So, hey, thank you for tuning in, everybody. We're just about wrapped up. We appreciate it. We're here live every Thursday right here on Facebook Live. We start at 1030, and you can get it on demand anytime at nj1015.com and on our app and other applications. Jim, have a great week. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go out and talk to the spaceman again, so I will talk with you later. (laughs) Oh, a mask, a mask. He may turn me in. He may wrap me out. Get that mask on. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.